It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Suzanne Allen with us, an intuitive healer and medium who began studying mediumship and mysticism in her late teens. And she can connect with all life and soul forms, including animals at their soul level. She has been communicating with animals on a deep soul level since childhood and calls what she does Soul Speak, a name that came to her through meditation. Clients from around the world have benefited by her work. And she communicates messages about clients, loved ones, and pets, present and past. And the information she provides is insightful and transformative. And later on when we take calls, she will talk about your pet, too. But we'll tell you what she needs from you. Susan, welcome to the program. First time for you, I understand. Yes, George. It's so exciting. Thank you so much for having me. How did this all happen when you were a little girl? I just, I remember my first um, little cat that came up to me in the garden and I, it just was an immediate connection, and I knew that this was something so special for me. And it was—it ended up being like that. You know, we lived in Brooklyn. You know, we weren't a real big animal family, although my, we had we had dogs. You know, we had a dog at a time. Mm-hmm. And I just remember my my dad just intuitively knew to take me to animals when I'd be upset or or you know crying or when I was super young. He'd always somehow find animals to get me to. And it, it just became like a healing force for me, and I just always, I just always had this connection. So, when you look at an animal in its eyes, mm-hmm. do you know what it's thinking? I do. I I ask for permission. Like I have an honor for my pets and animals, and that's kind of how I started. I would just send a lot of love because love is the most healing force in the world. It's love, and I would just look in that that cat's eyes or dog's eyes or horse's eyes and generally I always did it with a photo and I would just send a lot of love and tell it how one tell this pet how wonderful it was and would it want to talk to me 
And then it would just open up and the floodgates would sort of open. And I journaled every single one of my readings, I think, for the first 10 years. And I bet when you were a little girl, you didn't think there was anything supernatural about this at all, did you? No, absolutely not. Thought it was normal. Yeah, it felt normal. Mommy, how come Fido can hear me, right? (laughs) Kind of, yeah. I think my mother always thought I was a bit odd, but (laughs) it ended up, you know, later in life, I realized that this is how I feel the most natural, not all those jobs that I had or career paths that I went down. You know, this feels like it's really me and it feels the most authentic. And tell us about the healing principles of these animals. How does that happen? With animals, when you're with them, like, for instance, if you have a pet in your home, and a lot of the owners will agree that they're having communication with them because they are. So the animal balances you. When, you know, when I do readings, animals come through and say, I got her through medical school, and the person laughs, and they go, yeah, my dog was with me while I was taking all these tests. That's right. Um, So the animal is there to help you. It's not just that you are helping an animal. The animal comes into our lives because we travel in soul families. So that animal has been with you in another lifetime, and they come back. Maybe they they were in the other lifetime as a person, but they come back as your pet in this lifetime. And a lot of owners will even say to me, I swear to God, I, I have a, had a relationship with this cat before. I feel like I knew this cat before. So my feeling is is that they're there to help us as healers. And it's very, very important to have these animals. And it's sad. I feel more I feel more compassion for the person that has to give up the animal mm-hmm. than the animal because the animal's in the shelter feeling sad, thinking, Wait, my job wasn't complete. We didn't complete our mission here. We didn't I didn't help this person heal on that deep soul level. That's where the disconnect is. I think people think, I gotta, I don't have money, I have to move, or this, I have to get rid of my pet. But there's a mission for that animal and that person. It's a soul connection. And it's very, very deep. And that's that, to me, is the sad part. You know, looking at some of these animals on video from these animal societies, uh, these animals that are in uh, shelters and mm-hmm. holding tanks and stuff, and it really, they really look sad, don't they? Yeah, and I feel the sadness is because, more importantly, they come to us to help us. And when we give them up because of our own stress or whatever we're going through in our lives, that we feel the need to let go of this beloved animal, and it's uh, it's crisis time when you when you have to let go of a pet most of the time. I, I would feel like I would hope it would feel like a crisis to give up your animal. That animal, the sadness in their face is because their mission with the person wasn't done. I had heard a story one day, Susan, of a family that didn't want their pet and rather try to find a home for the animal. They put it in a car, drove about a two hundred miles away opened the door, and just let it out. Mm -hmm. So there it was somewhere near a freeway, 200 miles away from its home. Yeah, I don't know if that person is really in their body and a conscious being at that point. I don't don't know how that that disconnect would happen. That's, That's quite sad for the person. 
I have to like pray for somebody like that more. I mean, the animal, um, the animal will always, it will always know who it is and it will suffer, but it's not going to suffer as bad as that unconscious person that just did this horrible thing. Yeah, it is. It's unconscionable. I mean, how difficult is it to try to find a family for your animal? Put an ad in the newspaper or something for yeah. a free pet for yeah. a loving I keep, family. I keep saying this with the rescue that I uh, got two amazing dogs from. You know, I, I I I adopted rather than shopped. Even though I had my special breeds, I just said enough. I'm not going to buy a dog anymore. I hadn't had a dog in years anyway, and um, I adopted. And it's I've never seen this particular rescue so sad because they, there's just not enough. Food. I, I've never seen anything like the crisis that we're in today. So that's why we have to raise our vibration, raise the light. Um, I, I just, I feel like it's the world is definitely changing for the good. I think that we're going to respect our animals more because of this. It's got to come to that at, at this point because of what you're seeing and what I'm seeing. You know what I mean? So when we take calls next hour... Do you also talk to the people about animals that have passed on? Yes. Or, or you do? So, and, yes. and you need their pet name? Yes, I would love their pet name, and then they could just give me a brief. My cat and spirit. I love looking at pictures. Like, that's just my love to delve into those eyes and that soul. Right. But I could just do this just talking to somebody. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, the Apollo Jim murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. She's a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts i used to have so many men 
How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Some people love cats, some people love dogs. Tell me why they have a distinction and a difference. <laughs> That I can't explain. <laughs> um, I think cats are much more independent and easier, and they're very different. And some people think that they're so much smarter than dogs. I, they're very, very unique and different. They are smart. <laughs> they're really smart. Yeah. And, and they're very coy, too. Yes, exactly. And they but, have sandboxes, which yeah. is pretty good. I wish dogs had that. <laughs> Dogs are much more work, but if you want to get out and exercise, it's it's kind of good to have a dog. <laughs> but but you're right, Susan. I mean, there's nothing like looking at an animal in their eyes. Yeah. There's a connection there. That is true. And uh, I used to have a golden retriever. Oh. And uh, just a beautiful breed. But I mean, beautiful. they just know things. They know when you're happy. They know when you're sad. Yeah. And they comfort you. They do. What about some of these hospitals that have pets there? who know if a person has cancer or not. Isn't it the most amazing thing? How do they know this? And because they're, they're so close to spirit. I mean, they're so much closer than us, and that's what they could really teach us, to just be still and know that you're God. You're part of the God. Because they know that. They can just sleep and, and be in their sense of who they really are. So they're very, very connected to people. I mean, some of these great stories in the movies that come out, Hachicho, that great Akita in Japan that stayed at, the, stayed at the train station and wouldn't leave. I mean, there's amazing stories of heroicism with 9-11. I mean, I think the last heroic dog that was in rescuing people died like two years ago. Yeah, I, I heard these that. Are, and it was a golden, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was a golden. And they just, you know, they, they go into it not even worried about their own life. That's right. They have no fear. That's right. And that's what they're here to teach us, self-love, no fear, it's going to be okay. And that's where the sadness and the disconnect comes when people are leaving their dogs at an alarming rate in the shelters. You know, at the beginning of COVID, the shelters were completely empty. Nobody could adopt a dog because people were adopting them. Yeah. And now the shelters are overfilled. They're filled again, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. What do you think of people who breed dogs but do it responsibly? Is that okay? Oh, of course. Yeah, I have no judgment. I, I don't, you know, it's like if I'm judging you, I'm judging me. I don't want to be judging me. Yeah. I, I think... There are really irresponsible people out there, but the responsible breeders, they really care about 
the succession of that breed. And that's the most important thing, that they, they care about the ethics of breeding. Do right. we have too many dogs? Yes. <laughs> Do we have too many people? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. SusanAllenMedium.com is your website. Tell me about the medium portion of that for you. Oh, okay, for me. So, you know, this just came about, um, and I was doing it on the side, and I never quit my day job, and then all of a sudden dead people started coming into my readings, and it was it was gentle, and it didn't scare me, and I thought, hey, if this is how they're going to do this, I can do this. <laughs> so a lot of my business is you know, personal soul speak. It went from pure animal mediumship and pure animal soul speak to, you know, bringing in departed loved ones. And it just was a natural, it's kind of like, like when you when you open that door, but I wasn't expecting that door to open. And it was very subtle. I was talking to this woman's cat. And the next thing I know, I just glanced across my office and it was a picture of me and my dad. And I was just like glancing, you know, mm -hmm. like daydreaming as I'm talking to the cat. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the, the photo of me and my dad changed into her dad. And it just it just was a telepathic thing that I said, oh, that's her dad. And I described him. And I started to bring her messages. And she said, yeah, we didn't get to say goodbye. And um, that's exactly what he looked like. And it was it was so healing. For her, for me, because every time I do a reading, it's like another level of me gets healed, and I don't, I don't look for that, but it's just a natural thing that happens. So that's why this works phenomenal. How many people, Susan, who are lonely have an animal? Not enough. <laughs> I think every person that's lonely, that's seeking somebody outside of themselves, start with a pet. <laughs> Even a hamster. <laughs> Anything. I, I used to breed hamsters when I was a little kid, Did and then you? I would sell them to the pet stores. Oh, no. <laughs> for like a dollar a piece or something. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I was like snake? nine years old doing this. For snake bait or something? <laughs> well, you didn't know. <laughs> and one day, I had a litter of little hamsters, and they're about an inch long, uh -huh. uh, little furry things. And my father used to shave in the basement, uh -huh. and that's where I kept my hamsters in a cage. Well... The wire mesh was a little bigger than the little hamster. Uh -huh. I hear my dad screaming at me. I'm Aww. about 12 years old at that time. <laughs> George, get down here. And he's really upset. And he stepped on one of these little hamster babies. And it oh. got stuck on the bottom of his foot. Oh, my Ooh. God. He never, ever forgot that. Dad's not with us anymore. He's with the hamster. But, uh, but the... I will always remember that. And I learned my lesson. Make the wire small yeah. so they can't crawl through it. Don't we all have those stories like that? I used to go to this um, lake with my parents, and I'd catch all the frogs that I could. I love frogs. I love frogs. And I brought them home, and I, I'd stick them in the, bath, the bathroom tub that my brother used to use upstairs with me. We'd share that bathroom, and he'd freak out. You're all in there poking <laughs> and hopping along, huh? <laughs> Because I'd have like twenty five frogs in the oh, that's great in the bathtub, and he'd go, "Cece, get these out of here." <laughs> did you ever raise tadpoles? I did because when I lived in Staten Island, everything was um, it was all like mud, and you could just catch them. And the greatest thing yes. is to watch a tadpole morph into a frog. Amazing, isn't it something? Yeah, just like 
caterpillars into butterflies. I would I would try to save all my caterpillars so the birds wouldn't eat them, and I'd bring them in, and it would be amazing watching these caterpillars turn into butterflies. I must have put 200 frogs in the creek raised from tadpoles. Oh, wow. Little ones, bullfrogs, all kinds of frogs. Amazing. That's amazing. I, I, I used to love that stuff. I mean, it was just amazing. It's beautiful. So how do animals have the healing potential and properties about themselves? Well, they're so connected um, to spirit because they don't verbally communicate. They telepathically communicate. So, I mean, do they know yeah. that something's wrong with yeah. somebody? Yes. I mean, even a, even a dog that you're not connected to, but that you live with or feed, because we have two dogs, and one I'm extremely connected to, and the other one is more like my husband's favorite, and I never thought that I wouldn't be connected to that one. It's very, very interesting that a dog will choose its special person. When I don't feel well or I'm having a bad day, that dog will come up to me and put her ears back and look in my face, and she knows, and we have a conversation, and she wants to hang out with me to help me. So they totally know. They totally will follow you around, um, and they want to help. See, that's why they're, they're really here ultimately. That's why they were created help balance us to help put us more in a meditative state because the meditation is key to everything the meditation is key to healing it's key to connecting to your pet and you know if somebody says i can't meditate susan i always say you know meditation is a practice it's never going to be perfected the thing is is to just try to meditate because when you meditate you're not just connecting to something higher than you you're also connecting to your pet well, who's doing the healing, the individual or the animal? Well, the animal will amplify it <laughs> and to a degree that um, that you can't do it on your own. That's why I love animals so much, because they will amplify the healing. They'll teach you who you are. They'll teach you how to love yourself if you can't. Um, they just teach you, you know, the beauty of how they love us. And it's all through the power of love that really, really heals us. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern. And go to coasttocoastam.com for more. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view. An endless field of wildflowers. Or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.